going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Do you remember, or maybe you're a new parent right now, and there is a favorite book that you read to your infant or your toddler or your four-year-old or your 13-year-old. I want to talk about the importance of reading, and that's a no-brainer. We know by now that we should be reading to our infants and toddlers, reading as often as possible. But is there a certain type of book you should be reading at a certain age or development in your child's life? Lisa Scott, Associate Professor in Psychology at the University of Florida, joins us today. Hello, Lisa. Hi. How are things in Florida? Great, great. A little cold today. <laughs> a little cold. I can for, imagine. For Florida. <laughs> exactly. What your definition of cold might be a little different than ours. Lisa, as I said, kind of a no-brainer when we talk about the importance of reading to our children. I think that message has been out there for many years now. Yes. Yes, definitely. I, th- I, you know, I, I think that parents know that reading to their children is um, beneficial for a whole host of reasons, but um, what hasn't been known, I think, and is, uh, is, is something that we've recently learned is how important it is to start early in the first year of life before in, the infants are actually talking. Start early. And, and maybe some people that would be news to them because they're thinking the child's only two months old. What good is it for me to read to them? Yes, ex- exactly. Um, and so our, our work has suggested that definitely we should be reading before uh, or at least by six months of age uh, to our infants, but that even earlier is, is probably beneficial too. We just haven't done the work to study that yet. So read early, read often, but what do we read to them? Yeah, so that's, that's the, um, the question that we're trying to answer, and we're in our lab here at the University of Florida. We're really interested in how infants, learn um, in the first year of life and what kinds of, uh, you know, things can we do to support learning in the first year of life. And so we know that a lot of the learning happens in the home. And so book reading is a particularly useful tool for understanding learning. And we know um, from our work that that the books that we read to infants under a year of age may be, you know, may be different than the kinds of books we should be reading to our two and three-year-olds. And just, so... Yeah, go ahead, Lise. Oh, so our work suggests that it's, it's really important to be naming particular characters and ind- individuals in the books. Infants really seem to be engaged a lot more if, if that's happening during the shared book reading experience. So first of all, I think it's so crazy that you've got a lab where you've got these little infants and and picture it or paint a picture for me when when you're working with these infants around six months of age, how are you gauging what they are gaining from this experience? Yeah, yeah. So we um, measure both. Of, co- of course, you know, babies aren't very good at pressing buttons for us and they're not very good at telling us what right. they know. So we have to devise some creative um, experiments uh, to try and sort of make inferences about what they know. And for a very long time um, in the, the study of infancy, uh, researchers have been using looking time. So how long infants look at something, where they're looking, uh, to try and gauge, you know, their level of interest and whether they can tell the difference between different pictures. And so um, we have a eye tracker in the lab that we bring infants 
in. We have them sit down, sometimes on their mom's lap, sometimes in a car seat or um, an infant uh, high chair. And then we can uh, put a little sticker on their head and we can track their eye movements when we show them pictures on a computer screen. So we can look at how long they look at different parts of the pictures, what parts of the pictures you know, are the most important, and um, whether they look at different pictures for more or less time. And um, we also study, uh, have an EEG system where we have a little net of sensors that we can place on infants' heads. And these, uh, we have 128 little sensors and we just record the brain activity uh, that's naturally emitted from the head, just like you would record a, a, a voice into a, a tape recorder. Um, we're, we're just picking up that activity and we can show infants pictures while we're recording brain activity and then look at the difference between different um, images and see whether they can tell the difference between those images. I, I mean, it's interesting you've got a computer screen because we hear so much about technology. Don't introduce technology to your kid, but this is for your research purposes. It's easier for you to put images on a screen and then watch how that uh, infant reacts to it. Yes, yes, yeah. So we can control for the, for the you know, EEG recordings. We really have to control the timing of how long they see the image and when they see the image in order to be able to look at the uh, brain activity. And so, um, you know, the, the only way that we can really do that carefully uh, in this last experiment that we did is to um, have the picture show up on a, on a computer screen. Um, but for the, for the book reading experience, when we send the parents home with these books, we think that actually having the physical book and going through the pages is really important to this experience. We haven't studied that yet, um, but there are other researchers who have definitely found that, you know, under about a year or even two years of age, that infants have um, what they call a, sort of a deficit for learning from screens. Mm. Um, yeah, that's good And to so point we out. think that it's really important to have, have the book. Well, and I also think if you're shared reading with a book, you're probably also having some physical contact. You're not just having a child sitting in a high chair or a car seat. Mom and dad and the child are sharing some time together as well. Yes, and yeah. that's, a, that's a really important point because we didn't actually measure what parents were doing during this book reading uh, experience. And so we don't know why they learned more in one set of mm. books that we sent them home with than uh, compared to another. And so that's a, a next step for us. But we think that there, we have a, a few ideas about what might be happening. At this point, though, so go back to the, the different types of books mm -hmm. you expose these infants to and how you came to the conclusion about the type of book maybe parents should be introducing to their child. So go back to that part of the experiment. Yes, yes. Uh, so we... The books that we had had, uh, and this is actually the third study that we've done that's similar to this um, and, uh, and, and found similar effects for this naming. And so the books that we had in this particular um, study that came out last week is we had these made-up objects that we created. So we know that the infants had no experience with these objects because we've we created them. So anything that we see in terms of learning, we know comes from the book reading experience because they're not going to see these pictures in their, in their um, environment. Right. And so the, the books were all the same pictures, but the labels were different. So half of the infants saw labels where eight images were each named. So Harry, Jamar, Boris, Fiona, they all had a name just like you would name people. Uh -huh. And the other book had um, 
four images that were named uh, Hitchells and four images that were named Wagen. So it's more like uh, if you had four different dogs and you called them all dogs right. and four different cats and you called them all cats. So okay. it was a category label in one condition and um, an individual label in the other condition. And then we had a comparison group who had no special reading. They just came in and were tested with these images at nine months. They had images, and but no words or names associated no with those. No words or okay. names or anything. Okay. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. what happens? Do you wait a few months and go back to it or what? Yeah. So we, we send them home with these books. We test them before we send them home with the books. And then um, we send them home with the books and they, uh, you know, read these books across the three months period of time and they record how often they read it to them. And then they come back at nine months of age and we... Um, measure again the and and look at the the learning that has happened in in response to these books across these three different groups. And again, you've got the EEG cap on them, and you're watching their eye movement movement and all that yep. other stuff. And exactly. so, so then, what did you find when it came to those three groups? Yeah. So what we found is that the pictures or the books that had the individual names led to an increase in attention. So from you know before the book reading to after the book reading, they ended up looking at the images a lot longer. Mm. Um, so they increased the amount of time that they looked at these images. They were a little bit more, suggesting that they were more engaged with right. these images. And then um, they also could tell the difference between the different characters uh, as we measured from their brain responses. And this wasn't the case for those that had the two different labels, the category labels, or for the comparison group. So what do we take from that then, that we've got to make sure we're reading them stories that have labels on objects or characters' names in stories? Yeah, well, right now what we think is that it's really important to be, uh, during this time, for infants to um, have uh, multiple characters and multiple labels in the books that we're reading to them. So um, very simple stories, but different characters that are labeled differently. And, um, and, you know, we can do this on our own as parents. We can call the dog, you know, make up a name for the dog and, um, and, and do that on our own. But right. we, we do think that there, there's something about that experience that infants, that really engage infants during the first year of life. Lisa, hold on here. I want to take a break because I'd love for my listeners, 403-974-8255, if you could text me some of the books that you remember or you're currently reading to your young child. And I want to run a few by you, Lisa, just especially when it comes to that first year of life. Lisa Scott, Associate Professor in Psychology at the University of Florida. And we're talking about, yes, the importance of reading to young children, but the types of books that may have that child more engaged and others. 403-974-8255. You're listening to 770 CHQR. Talking about books that you did read to your young child, should be reading to your young child, Lisa Scott, Associate Professor in Psychology at the University of Florida. And Lisa, has your study focused mainly on infants then, or do you go beyond that to toddlers as well? Yeah, we, we primarily focus on infancy and the, the first year of life. Um, we have uh, conducted one study where we brought some of the, the kids back when they were four who participated in our infant study um, from six to nine months of age, and we found that those that were in 
that individual naming book, uh, it seemed to um, retain some of the of the information that they learned in that early period of time uh, later, almost almost three to four years later. And I'm just asking listeners, 403-974-8255, text me maybe a book that you remember as a favorite to read to your infant child or one that you read to your children as they grew up. Um, and this one was on my list as well. Someone said, good night, moon, and guess how much I love you. Uh, and good night, moon, Lisa, you're familiar with that book? Yes. And I wonder if that is sort of in line with what you're talking about, because there are objects that you keep saying goodnight to, and would that tie in for infant reading then? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's very clear that there's something about goodnight moon that's very attractive to infants. Yeah. um, And and to young kids, and and even, you know, maybe around 12 months to, to two years of age, they really start to like the goodnight moon books. Uh, book, but I, um, I, you know, I, I think that we, what we haven't done is we haven't done the study where we have, you know, the way that we label these is like we would label people's names. Mm-hmm. We give them all a name, but we haven't done the study where we have a bunny and a dog and a cat and a. You I know, see. Cow it's more character. You've got more character names, right? Then, as yeah, opposed to yeah. object names. Exactly. Okay. So we haven't done that work yet. My guess is that. A lot of this has to do with how much the parents are actually talking to their infants because we know that pa- when parents talk a lot to their infants that their language development um, is benefits and they have cognitive benefits and all, all sorts of um, good things <laughs> seem to happen mm-hmm. for parents that, that talk to their infants quite a bit. And so we think that these books that have the individual names in it may actually lead parents to be talking to their infants more, engaging with their infants mm-hmm. more. We go that back, yeah. Sorry, Lisa, but I'm going back to even that technology at the beginning of our conversation yeah. because I there's a part of me that worries that parents don't engage enough with their infants. They're so busy on their phones or their own technology, and they're not conversing enough with their young children or their infants. Yeah, I mean, I think techno. You know, I don't study technology and the impact of technology on on infants or on um, on kids, but you know, it, it's a clear uh, there's there's clear um, differences in the way that, you know, technology is now versus 10 years ago or, or 15 years ago. And so uh, parents are using these uh, quite a bit more. And I think there are some people who are doing some research now. And, you know, my impression is that the research is, is somewhat mixed and that the quality of the, you know, the screen time that they have is and, and sitting down with your infant or with your child and interacting with them um, actually is is good but you know they they still may not do that as much as they would if it was a a real book in their hand where they're turning the pages and yeah you know (laughs) Lisa Lisa, someone saying wait a second this almost goes back to 60 years ago when we had the books that said spot the dog with a name ran Johnny the friend ran after it etc etc and and I know we all had that um, as primary school but you're even saying, well, then this would be even better when the kid, when we're reading to children at six months of age. At six months of age, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think, you know, some of the the books that, you know, we, that that I think do this quite well um, yeah. is, uh, you know, um, Sophie the Giraffe. Uh, they have a little infant series of that, yeah. um, like called Peekaboo Sophie, and they have 
Margot the turtle and Sophie the giraffe and I can't remember all the other names. But again, but, yeah, so that whole idea, yes. I, I think, um, uh, Lisa, thanks for starting the conversation. And, and I know there's one person saying, come on, we had to do a study to do figure this out. But what I'm taking from this is when I was growing up, I wasn't introduced to those books until I went to grade one. You know, back then parents thought, well, the schools can teach them how to read. We're now advanced to the point where, no, we should be doing this even as young as two, three months. Just start introducing your child to certain types of books. Yes. Well, I mean, you're you're essentially introducing them to to concepts yeah. and to language, which is something that they're developing at that point in time yeah. and is essential for later reading and later things that they do in formal education settings. But Love it. Yeah, that, that's good. Lisa, thanks so much for your time on this. Thank you. Lisa Scott, Associate Professor in Psychology at the University of Florida. And I, I know that texter says, so we spent how much money on a study to tell me the books I read 60 years ago are a good thing? No, I think what we're, we're trying to take from this is we now know that we should be reading when, when children are just infants. And what, what should we be reading to them? So I think that's what we can take from it. Someone else says, Dr. Seuss can't be beat. Uh, another text says, we read our daughters. They... Uh, Twin girls, couple of different books. One's called That's Not My Dog. The other one, That's Not My Penguin. There's a whole series on them. And when you flip through, they have little sections that they can touch. So one would say, That's Not My Penguin. His wings are too fluffy. And uh, to be fluffy wing on there that they can touch, we found that they absolutely love these books. All right. Because that was another favorite book when my children were really little was Pat the Bunny. And so they actually got to pat the bunny and touch and that tactile so I think that was important as well so just you know um, really it's not breakthrough but I think the importance of when they are really young to be able to start introducing what kind of books you know if nothing else you're just reading words and conversing with your child as opposed to spending all that time on the iPad